Welcome to The Cloaked. We are a collective of inquiring minds seeking answers to mysteries both past and present. Join us on our journey to discover that which remains hidden. And now, on with the show. So, I'm your host, Guaya. Hey, it's Pandora. Hi, I'm Sai. And uh, hopefully you guys had a good weekend. On today's episode, we'll be revisiting the Eliza Lamb. Now, hopefully some of you guys have checked out the episode um, that we previously did. Or if you haven't, you checked out the Netflix uh, series. Yeah, and that was pretty interesting to say the least. I mean, it was a four-parter. Yeah. And I think they did touch on a lot of things. And we wanted to revisit because we also knew that there was going to be more evidence. Stuff we didn't know, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I think with uh, reviewing everything and for maybe for those who didn't see or didn't know about Eliza Lamb, uh, she was a, a student of university in Canada who wanted to go out and explore, be on her own. Now, she wanted to visit California, LA specifically, right? And she wanted to go out there and visit and explore. And she was young, she was 21. You know, at that age, you kind of want to find yourself, right? I mean, a lot of us, I think you want to be able to be independent and say you did things and you traveled. And she visited other places. I believe she visited, what, San Diego first? Yeah, I think she started from San Diego and then she was like moving her way up. Right. To go to LA. Right. And so she arrives, heads down to a place called the Cecil Hotel, downtown LA. Now, in the previous episode, we had talked about this area and Pandora had stayed there before. Yes. And pretty much what they describe. It right? is yeah. properly right in the middle of Skid Row. And would you say they depict it pretty right on? Yeah. No, yeah. Like in the documentary, it's, I don't feel like they're exaggerating. Right. It's exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, the area, like when I stayed there, I went with a friend for spring break back in 2008. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is before Oisalam, right? Right. But we kind of just went not knowing because we thought, you know, oh, it's downtown LA. It'll be like, you know, downtown where we live, where it's okay to stay there. Apparently that's where you don't go to stay. Yes. In downtown LA, right? Right. The general notion, downtown LA is a no go. It's a no go. Yeah. Right. Right. Like it's it's like if you want to avoid like the bad part of town, like you would avoid that area. Yeah. Apparently there's a good chunk of LA that downtown is not that great. Yeah. I mean, and Skid Row is kind of like a dumping ground for the homeless, and it really is like that. Like I mean, you don't see it on every street but like you mm-hmm. could go around the corner and just you know that whole street is homeless people right wow so i mean i don't think they were exaggerating in the documentary and mm-hmm. the cecil hotel it did kind of look like that when i was there i mean the the lobby and everything was the same yeah um you definitely got the vibe when you approached right like the outside of the hotel the lobby didn't look bad but there was homeless people like right around right around the corner right now Eliza Lamb. Now she arrives there. She was planning to stay there, what, three, four days? About, yeah. Right? About a week total. About a week or so. And she was in contact with her parents pretty much the entire time that she was away from her from her home. Now, something obviously happened because she was not contacting her parents and her parents were worried and they were trying to figure out, okay, well, what's going on? You know, she disappeared on the 31st the parents were like well what's going on like she's contacting us every day you know and they got worried so they contacted the hotel and the hotel did like a search of her room and they found her stuff but she wasn't there kind of when they contacted the police like hey there's a missing missing person missing person yeah. and they started doing their their search now in the documentary you know we get a little bit more information now initially this is kind of an international thing there's obviously yeah. this involves somebody uh, somebody from canada and she's chinese yes nationalist right. chinese first generation right yeah mm-hmm. and so the thing with that is that initially there was 18 detectives on this case. It was the top case, it was right? Crazy, right? Yeah, 
And so they're doing their search. They get to the hotel, you know, there's at this point, you know, it's becoming a bit of, um, I wouldn't want to say an event, but it's becoming national news. Yeah. Right? And it's time sensitive, right? I mean, when someone's missing, like they bring everybody in. Right. Like, you got to move ASAP. And so one, one of the things that you want to do is search the room, search what you can. You want to detectives are, you know, doing everything they can. And they, what they ended up doing is they split the team of 18 into different sections of want to do the search of the hotel and also for different duties. You know, there was a, there was a set of, of cops looking at the security. There was a set of cops interviewing the staff. Now, by the way, the hotel staff, initially I thought that maybe there was a few members of the staff, but it turns out they have a large amount of staff. They have over 50 staff members at the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, I mean, it's a big hotel. It's a big hotel, it's like yes. 15 stories, I think they said, without a 13th floor. Right. So, technically 14, right? 14, but right. That's not small. That's a large mm. amount. They have a lot of rooms. What was the room count? I want to say 700. 700. Remember, right? Now, in the documentary, and initially, we thought they searched every fucking room. That's what they made it sound like, right? Right. Well, one, they weren't sure that she was in the hotel. They were still trying to factories like where she, she could have been right everything pointed to where you know well she seemed to have been in a hotel right they interviewed staff they interviewed everybody they could now one of the things that we initially didn't know is that by this point they had partitioned the hotel they had converted part of the Cecil hotel into the stay on main to stay on main and they had already done this so i think it's like what is it four or five in the converted floors something like that and like, she i was, guess like the first so the entrance was no longer had been divided the Cecil hotel you had the stay on main entrance and you had the Cecil hotel entrance. right and i think it was like third fourth and fifth something like that or, yeah i'm gonna say like from one to five maybe or yeah the first and then the floors. rest was for the Cecil hotel people who were basically staying there more on a permanent the, the residents and then yes, people who wanted they, to stay at the what, Cecil well I didn't realize back then when I first heard it was a you know I think when Elisa Lamb stayed here it was maybe booked as the stay on main mm -hmm. she didn't go to the Cecil hotel knowingly right but what she didn't know is that it was one of the same buildings yes so that's because LA had those protections on these low-income residential hotels. So they couldn't evict people that live mm -hmm. in the hotel. They had to let them live there for yes. maybe $400 a month. Right. So you have the same people from the Cecil Hotel staying, there. staying with the stay main right. in one building. In one building. And it's kind of like a bait and switch, I feel it like. It really was, yeah. Right? I mean, that's kind of fucked up. And so, I mean, they, they did their search and they looked everywhere. I mean, they looked at the rooftop. I mean, they didn't look everywhere. They didn't, I mean, obviously they didn't look everywhere. But like, I mean... They, and, and in the series, you have a group who had the search dogs. Now, their search dogs, initially, when they had talked about it, they didn't mention that the dog had picked up the scent from her room and that the dog went all the way to the window on that floor that they had found her scent and that the dog took them directly to the window, to the escape stairs outside the building. And so, I mean, that's a bit of a clue that, hey, look, the dog was able to pick up a scent here in this area. Uh, and then they went, obviously they went upstairs and they went to the rooftop and to do a search. You know, the LAPD was lost for clues. I mean, they really couldn't find anything. And they made it sound like they went everywhere, but then on another take, they talk about, well, they went room to room, but only if they had probable cause. And I'm like, well, what the heck is probable cause? Right. Like, you can't suspect everybody to have murdered her, so then you probably didn't search a so lot of places. Exactly. That was my problem with that assertion that they checked everywhere. There's no, there's 700 rooms. There's too many people to, uh, do you have to have a warrant just to break into a room, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yes, that? yes, because here's the thing. There's people who are staying there on a permanent basis, and so they couldn't check some of the So it's rooms. like, well, I live here. It's like, you know, can right. cops just come into your True. House? And all they could do was just ask if they had seen her or knew about her, and then that's it. And then they had, they had to move on because they didn't have, again, like Pandora said, they didn't have probable cause to do a search. Well, isn't it a little disingenuous for them to say that they checked everywhere where they live? Right. And, and they then, wanted to portray this themselves that they're like we've done 
all we could. We had all the resources to this case, but I think it's disingenuous when it's not 100% true. I mean, they interviewed the, uh, the Mains guy, you know, yeah, I took them everywhere I could. And, you know, I opened rooms and I showed them this and there. And the, the Mains guy saying, you know, I took them where I could take them where they can actually search. And what ends up happening is the LAPD ends up releasing the elevator tape that we all know. And it goes viral and people start doing their web sleuthing. Web sleuthing <laughs> and they start looking and, you know, trying to take the footage apart as much as they can. And, and, and we kind of did so too, but when we did it, we kind of broke down as to why certain things that people in the web sleuth community thought was weird. And one of the things that they thought was weird was the clock on the security cam, which I, I remember, yeah, yeah, the timestamp, which is something that Hoffman and I kind of like, I remember we kind of went back and forth as to why it was distorted. And I said, if you go back on the, uh, on the episode, we were kind of debating where it was probably more than likely because it was an investigation. So obviously they would have blocked that information because in case they found a suspect, the suspect wouldn't know or have that information of a timestamp. And so, you know, that was something that we definitely took into consideration. Now in the video, you have her acting kind of funny, right? She goes in, she's just looking around, very suspicious. She clicks on the elevator buttons, right? Way too many buttons. <laughs> Way too many buttons. She peeks out, looks around very oddly. And then she comes back in and she looks like she's hiding from somebody, comes back out, goes outside the elevator, does these weird hand movements that everybody mm-hmm. talked about. Like if she's trying to touch something that's not there. Or interacting with somebody. Or interacting. Not see. Right. And she looks around, comes back in, and then she just leaves. She does like a weird twirl and leaves. Heads to the left. And I mean, there was just a lot of weird things about the video. That's what made it so eerie, right? Because you know, right. it's like the last time, last known time that she's seen. Right. And that's what you get. Like, that's, yeah. that's what added to the viral thing, I think. Just that video. That video. Because it's the, la- the last, what, four or five minutes of her life that we know of, that yeah. we've seen on video. Add that to the Cecil Hotel history. Yes. That everybody's like, okay, it's got this really dark past. And we know it ha- that Cecil Hotel has history. Because because of the many incidents and the notorious uh, Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez being there. And also um, the other, what's his name, Jack? Something, I can't remember. Yeah, some Austrian. Austrian. He was Austrian. Kind of wanting to be like another Richard Ramirez. Yes, he was. Well, he had come from Austria and had already killed. Yeah, he was already doing his own thing. He was already doing his own thing and he escaped to California and found his way and made his way to even schedule a a ride along with the the LAPD to kind of show him around. I mean, that's also kind of crazy that that happened. I mean, again, this hotel has, it's notorious for that because- And I mean, even without the serial killers, it's just like the seediest hotel history ever, right? Like of Mm -hmm. all the drug use and the prostitution and the homeless people that would stay there for- Rapists. Yeah. Um, The guy, the guy's name was Jack Hunter Wigger. Yeah. Serial yeah. killer. Hunter. Yeah. And he had posted as a author or something like that, right? Yeah, like he was doing research for writing and <laughs> doing cop ride-alongs, trying to learn all about the prostitution in the area. Get away with that, man. What the heck? That's so crazy. That, that is so That's crazy. That, yeah, it is very ballsy. And so, like, people are dissecting the shit out of this video trying to figure out what's going on with her. Who is she talking to? Who is she contacting? Is it it supernatural? Is it manic or hallucinatory episode? Yes. And our previous episode where we talked about Eliza Lamb, we tapped into all those conspiracy theories, everything, all the paranormal, all the serial killer stuff, you know, everything that was out there, everything under the sun, so to speak. We, I remember we even talked about, and this is something that Hoffman brought up, was the movie Dark Water, uh, because oh, yeah. that people started comparing it to that. And we even talked about teleportation. We even talked about, you know, her being on some kind of hallucinogen. Maybe somebody drugged her. I always and- brought up the fact that this could have been like a, um, I heard one theory that it's a government 
operation. Yes, we talked. Oh, yeah. I remember we talked about that the government operation on the because of the lamb the Lisa, Lisa test. Yes, for tuberculosis. Yes. for tuberculosis. And so I remember we talked about that, which coincided with the recent outbreak of tuberculosis amongst the homeless people, right? Right. So some people were like, maybe she was a carrier, a carrier agent, and then she wanted oh. to infect the homeless. And she was an Reduce agent. the population, and right. then they took her out because she. The conspiracies were out there. Yeah, I mean, there was there was it a lot. It is a crazy coincidence because it, it's like, but I'm like, what are the odds of right. you need a test after your agent? agent? Right. <laughs> like, what are the so like? I mean, a lot of these things were really out there, mm -hmm. and so and, and when you put things together, they seem very plausible. You know, it doesn't seem like oh, it was out of the uh, out of the range of possibility. You know, and I and I don't blame the web sleuth for kind of uh, falling into that. But we, if you go back to our episode, we at the very end, after discussing all the paranormal stuff, we kind of were like we're missing a lot of the information of about what's happening because we're not actually involved with the investigation. And looking at the, this Netflix series goes into that and goes into the information that we didn't have at the time. The Netflix doc series did a good job on it. Now, if you don't know it, the doc series is called The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. The way they categorize everything and they break it down through a time story because it's broken down very well. The investigation then goes to, well, where was she? Where did she go? They start going through her stuff. Now, at some point during this investigation, unfortunately, there was a cop. Of, uh, I don't know if he was a former cop or what was happening at the time, but there was an individual who was shooting other cops. So that became the focus of the LAPD. So the detectives went from, the group of detectives went from 18 down to four. And so that also kind of hurt the investigation. Reduced the resources like by a lot. Yes, it did. It, it, it reduced a lot of the resource because then they had to divide a lot of the work amongst them four. And so that's a lot of work. And so that's a kind of why they released the video to find... Okay to see if they would get more information out of the public. Um, when they went back to her stuff, they went to one of the things, before, I think I'm getting a little ahead of myself. They re-reviewed the video footages of security and they had missed that she was walking with two individuals. One of the individuals was carrying a box. And as they're walking her towards the hotel, the individual carrying the box gives her this box and she takes this box and she walks back to the hotel. Now these two guys leave. Now the detectives made sure that these guys during the, that night didn't come back, which they didn't. They then go back to her stuff and they found this box. Now this box contains certain books from- Called The Last Bookstore? The last bookstore, <laughs> haunting, yeah, haunting. Um, in a way, it is haunting if you think about it. They went back to the the bookstore mm -hmm. and they interviewed. The, they actually remembered her, right? Having been there, yes. So I guess the whole thing was that while she was there, she was talking about books that she wanted to get. But of course, she's traveling, right? So she wanted to make sure that like the books weren't too heavy, that she could carry them back or like mm -hmm. drive with them comfortably. I guess, um, which. It's probably why they were taking them to her. Right? right. And another thing about that, too, that the lady at the books described her as well-mannered, very friendly. Mm -hmm. They didn't think that she was in a panic yet. Mm -hmm. Like real outgoing. So a, yes. I think that's a good timestamp to say, like, she wasn't quite in a very precarious situation yet. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, she, she, she has his books. And that kind of, like, part of the investigation took them nowhere. You know, um, because obviously those two people, those two gentlemen didn't do anything to her. They left and yeah, they, they didn't see them coming back. Doing their job. Right. And so what ends up happening is, well, they're back to square one. What the fuck did they do, right? I mean, they go back and try to figure out any other information. Now, meanwhile, the Web Sleuth community is picking at everything. You know, at some point they see what looks like a foot the tip of the foot and the camera, you know, a lot of people were trying to figure out why the elevator wasn't closing. And yeah. And, you know, at some point they start blaming um, this guy, uh, this musician 
by the name of Morbid. That's so crazy. <laughs> and so they start attacking this dude. Like, you killed her. You did this. You Some kind of, like, ritual sacrifice. You, you know, you sacrificed her to the devil kind of thing. All because he has that death metal look. And that, right. His music videos are kind of, like, about murder. Or right. Party, you know, but, like, and death metal. Death metal sides. stuff. And <laughs> I'm thinking, what? You know, like, that was one. It, to me, it didn't add up. I, it, it seemed like an easy scapegoat. Like, even if we went with the idea that she was murdered by a serial killer, the serial killer wouldn't look like that. We've done so many cases about serial killers. Serial killers and murderers, they look like regular, normal people. And we've talked about this over and over and over again, that a serial killer looks like Ted Bundy. A serial killer looks like your fucking neighbor, like a regular guy out doing his job. We've talked about serial killers who had families who had kids and nobody fucking knew that this dude was going out on his vacation time or on his alone time and killing women it's too much of an easy thing and people went with it and nobody stopped to really think that the logic of the clues didn't even point to that and extremely um it's shameful to see how people found this guy as a scapegoat. I think they were right. so extremely desperate because they fell in love with uh, Lisa Lamb. She, you know, some Asian girl. She, you know, she kind of, you know, a little bit pretty. Mm-hmm. You're on a vacation and people were, right. were just so quick to jump on the bit yeah. for this they- guy who wanted just to play some music. <laughs> it didn't even add up though. Like his stay at the Cecil Hotel literally was like a whole 12 months prior. Yes. Which I was like, nobody checked. Nobody that, checked that's the not fucking time frame. <laughs> to miss that and it's complete and, and you know what the thing is you look at the posting timestamp and nobody apologized to this guy after I know. that's what uh, and he at the end of the day he's probably after eliza lamb being the victim and the parents he's the next person who out of all of this is a victim as well because people went after him they bullied him and nobody fucking apologized for it nobody apologizes to this guy about what happened he even he he went to a dark side that he even tried to commit suicide. Yeah, and I think that's the most terrible thing to do and, and to somebody. He was bullied. He was cyberbullied, mm-hmm. and in the time that we live in now, where people on the internet are demanding people to apologize to everybody else, some of these people owe an apology to this guy. <laughs> yeah, well, because when we first did this, we didn't even think to have him as. A suspect. I didn't think he was a suspect. We didn't. That's why we didn't touch it. We didn't even go there because we didn't think it was too dumb to go to that. Like it didn't make any sense to us because a lot of us had already reviewed. He just didn't seem like a person of interest. And even the and what's crazy, the, the LAPD was aware of that and were like, "Oh yeah, he wasn't even a suspect. Yeah, no. like, he wasn't even guys. on our list." You know, even worse is his online profiles, right? Oh yes, dude. And deleted, and he was barred basically, like, like, um, you know, like a, a what's his name, um, Jones, right? That what's his guy's name? Um, Alex Jones, guy, the conspiracy guy. Oh, Alex Jones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex Jones, but he was like literally the opposite, right? He, right. he wasn't flaunting his music. He just wanted to play music, and all these websites kicked yes. him out. Yes. Without understanding the real substance of without even fucking acts asking. And he lives in Mexico and like even the, the PGR, right? Which is which like the, the equivalent to the FBI. The Mexican equivalent of FBI, yeah. They came to his home and questioned him. And he was like, oh, And we're like, Oh, have you ever committed like Ritualistic, right? Satanic sacrifices with animals. Like, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> and like, this poor dude had. And what's funny is like, all these companies, like, fucking went, were like, oh, we're going to delete his Facebook page. And they deleted his Facebook page. They deleted his YouTube channel. They uh, canceled his uh, Gmail account. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? They went after him. They went after him so fast. Faster than some of these other fucking reckless people that are still online and still have a channel and shit. It took them like less than a day to go after him versus other people that we've talked about in the past that have no consequences whatsoever. It was completely like unfounded. Just it was uncalled for, right? yes. Like- and for people to call themselves web sleuth, like the lack of of any concrete evidence to go after somebody with not, not even the like the first thing 
you would look at is the time stamp, time information, the logic, the scientific proof of any of that to be able to coincide that time frame. They didn't even go, they didn't even look at that. And that would have been like the first time I got that dude. Yeah, well, that he was like a year. There. <laughs> he wasn't even there. Like he was, when he had all this he had proof. Passport tests, like, that, like he wasn't in the country. <laughs> he, he had contracts. He had valid information that proved that he wasn't even there and people went after him and it was and that kind of killed his dreams and that killed his music and that and i was just like wow these people went after him i like that they included that in there because his story is so much part of this it became such a big deal because he was also affected without even being involved and so you know this you know it happened to this guy and that sucked now, like what he said, it could be anybody. You know? Yeah, he said it, it could be, be anybody. anybody. Like it's directed to something like that. Yeah. You know, dude, I say, I say for Netflix putting him in, that's a big fuck you to everybody who uh, thought that he was the prime substance. Yes. Right. It kind of, I didn't know about this guy until I actually saw the Netflix right. series. Yeah. Right. And I felt super bad for that guy. No. Yeah. Definitely. I felt horrible of what happened to this guy. And I think like the producers behind the doc series, I think they did a good job and a responsible job to put that in there because he was affected. And, you know, while this is happening, the people at the Cecil Hotel are having issues with their water. Now in the Netflix special, they included a couple that had gone to stay at the hotel. And oh my God, why? Why? Why did they drink the water? Why did they brush (laughs) it out of there? Why did they shower with that water? I wouldn't even feed my dog with that water. And I was like, what? You went ahead? Why? Why did your standards drop so fast? Brown like coffee coming out. Yes, like get yourself a bottle of water from the vending machine. Like what the hell, dude? It was so like I would have like complained and left. Like I would have not even used it. And it's like, why did you do that? Like there's people who live there that maybe don't have the funds, right, to just stop and leave. Yeah, and I feel really bad for them. But I'm like, these people were there. I'm assuming they had some disposable income because they're traveling. Right. Yes. And they stayed there and drank and used this water. Like, like why I can't. would you fucking do that? Um, I, I just didn't understand why they went ahead and used it. Anyways, they made a complaint. <laughs> they talked to maintenance, the maintenance guy. They told him, hey, you know, something's going on. He goes and checks the room. He says, hey, there looks like there's some kind of issue with the pressure. He goes to the rooftop, gets into one of the tanks, and finds her body floating in there. He reports it. You know, they... Bring he in. Immediately, it's. He know he knew yeah. who this is the girl they're looking for. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, that's her. <laughs> that's her. And a realization. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Santiago Lopez. Santiago Lopez oh, and. Mr. Santiago. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh my god, he's being he's gonna be thrown into this investigation. Yeah. And especially if you're one of the first people to discover the body. And so yes. they they call the LAPD and they get there. They do their search. They're trying to you know they they find the body. They're looking at how and why obviously of how she got in there they had to do the autopsy and i think a lot of it once they find her body you know the autopsy is one of the most important things because you start to figure out okay who put her there right i think that was one of our questions how did she get get in there in the first place and then how'd she get in the tank right is it foul play is it not foul play was she forced you know what happened and so you kind of start to break down as a detective you're breaking down like all the questions of how did she get there was she alone did somebody put her there which you know all the important questions of uh that you want to ask the autopsy report again like i said it's one of the most important parts to kind of determine what happened to her Uh, and it takes four months for it to be released and while that's occurring people are are upset that it's not being released as fast and one of the things is they interview the coroner and he says, well, you can't rush these things. And that's how mistakes happen. And he's right. Yeah. You like can't autopsy, rush that. You can do only so much to toxicology. You have to wait mm-hmm. for results. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wait. They even, they do, and a, a responsible thing is they do a break kit. Mm-hmm. You know, they check her out and they didn't find anything that she was, you know, raped in any way. 
or even like had a struggle of any kind. But yeah. she doesn't have anything she, like choking or no bruising, bruising no or cuts, yeah, nothing under there. They no internal damage, and so they do the toxicology thing. Whenever that comes back out, they found that she was taking a low dosage of her meds than what she was prescribed, which means is that uh, is that she wasn't fully taking her meds. She was basically off her meds. Which, I don't know if we mentioned it, but she was diagnosed as being bipolar. Right. So she was on maybe, I think, four medications yes. at one point, they said. Mm-hmm. So they didn't find anything that wasn't supposed to be there. I think the most they found was maybe like ibuprofen and then low doses of her meds. Right. Which indicated that like either she was... For her bipolar... Taking and... them that often or had stopped, right? Yes. Maybe. That, that, that was one of the things that they were trying to figure out is that if she had a stopped or was cutting off her, her like there was uh, either a trace because she hadn't taken them in a few days or she was supposed to take them every other day. Right. She could have a relapse of just not taking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things with that with, is with bipolar disorder is some of the meds have really strong side effects. Mm-hmm. And I was actually talking to somebody that I know that takes, takes these uh, prescription pills and what one of the many things is, I mean, they you could get strong, sudden dizziness. You could feel nauseous. Um, sometimes you, you're not able, it takes you a while to eat. You could be really hungry. And because you're afraid that you might vomit the food that you just ate, you just don't eat. So that's a side effect. Um, and one of the very strong and possible severes is you could have sudden diarrhea. Really? And so, yeah. And so that's one of the things that uh, this person that was telling me that he takes this, he was like, you know, it's one of the things that if you take this, you could be at work and suddenly need to go. And you know what I mean? And so, you know, there's these strong side effects that makes you not want to take your medication. Yes. And and so she mentioned like, why, like, why do I want to take this medication because of the side? She wanted to be normal. She knew that she had a disorder. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And she, all she wanted to was to maybe get outside of her little situation there in Canada and go to LA where she can be open about herself, where people can't judge her. Yeah. You know, that she wanted to get away from that routine, the dread of taking those meds. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is like, it's a chemical imbalance, but like, because bipolar is, you have like the manic and the depressive modes, mm-hmm. right? So you're either like really up or really down. Yeah. Yes. With those, sometimes it balances, but it's almost like too balanced. Like where someone's just kind of there. Yeah. They're kind of numb. Like mm-hmm. you're not feeling up or down. Yes. So everything's blah. And I think that's not even how she describes. It's just kind of numbs you. Yeah. That sucks to feel that way. To feel that the nothingness of feeling anything she wasn't able to feel happy but she wasn't able to feel sad either and so you know she's having this issue now when you go back to the video people are trying to figure out well what because they're waiting for the toxicology you know they made a she looks like she's on ecstasy lsd and a lot of the detectives initially thought is she on a drug the way she's acting yeah. Um, because, you know, she's acting funny. Now, during the, the doc series, one of the things is they, they mentioned what the parents and the, her sister had talked about when she goes into one of these episodes is that she hallucinates in a way and she's hiding from something and she would hide under the bed, uh, that she would go and hide. Or talk to people, talk voices. <laughs> yes. And so... The fact that the parents and the sister is saying these things, you're like, oh, okay. That kind of starts to make a little bit of sense yeah. on what's happening. I mean, she's not in the on video. drugs. She's actually off of the ones she's supposed to be on. Right. And so you start seeing, oh, okay. So maybe there's nobody there. Something is happening clearly. Um, and then people was, why is the elevator not closing? Well, and one of the, and when we talked about it, when we looked into it, one of the things I remember mentioning is that the elevator, a, it could have been multiple things, but her picking all the buttons could have confused the elevator. Yeah. And then Hoffman said, well, what if she hit the hold button? And I was like, maybe you're right. She, and then in the, in the series, 
they said she hits the hold button. And they timed it. And they timed it. Mm -hmm. The hold button lasts two minutes. No way. Yes. That long. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know how long she pressed it. She might have pressed it more than once. She might have pressed it more than once. Hence the, the, the length of the video. And it's fucking not closing. I mean, it's an old ass elevator. It's also an old, old elevator. Ass elevator. Too many buttons. It's probably like. And it is super <laughs> expensive to replace an elevator and to update it. And so I was like, yeah, there's That's a. Why even though they had two hotels in one building, they were everybody was still using the same elevators. Right. So they had the like the riffraff with the people staying at the nice hotel. Yes, and you were like, uh, "What's going on?" So they had people like that just got out of like a psych ward or jail or like tripping on drugs, riding mm-hmm. with the the you know stay on main hotel guests. Yeah, like with the regular guests. When I went, it was just the Cecil Hotel, so oh, we were yes. all riffraff. There was no. Other- <laughs> 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 but that's what you're gonna find there, right? Yeah. Nothing new. I mean, yeah, and especially if you're you're there. I mean, this hotel has history. I mean, if you guys check it out, there's a lot of history at this hotel. But, you know, with this information coming out of her a disorder, it starts to make sense. But people were like, well, how did she get up there onto the rooftop and into that water tank? You know, people still didn't buy it that they felt that somebody took her up there and showed her that it was there was a way to get to the rooftop. Because obviously, now here's the one thing that we, I remember us talking about it, is that the, if you took the stairs from the inside of the building and you reach the top, there's a door. The door has an alarm. Well, it's an, a silent alarm. And it's something that we also said that more than triggers likely, at the front desk. it triggers Not at the front at desk. The <laughs> that why would it trigger there it's just to scare the shit out of the people at, mm-hmm. at the hotel no it just ensues panic why would there be an alarm there we discussed this and we left it at that in the documentary it they mentioned that that the alarm triggers at the front desk and they need a key to turn off the alarm so whoever the manager is the manager which we see in, in the doc series has a key the maintenance people have the key and whoever works at the front desk has a key security and security yeah and so she clearly didn't trigger the alarm she went and it was working because they checked they were like it didn't like just stop working right no it it was still working. it was still working we go back to the dog picking up the scent and taking the scent all the way to the window she obviously went through the window in order to get to the rooftop and so she went to the roof right through the fire escape through the fire escape you can totally get there because you can get there one of the things as we're looking through this i think we're in episode two when we started putting our theory to what happened and you came up with a really good theory i mean i had a theory because i was like well i mean i hadn't seen the whole series yet so but just looking at the hotel right and because i stayed there i was like you know you go to a lot of hotels they have certain amenities right mm-hmm. kind of come with the hotel this hotel didn't really have anything but one of the main things that you don't see at this hotel is there's no pool there's nowhere to go swimming right right some of the nearby hotels have pools you can see them you can see them from the rooftop yeah, yeah. so i was like well what if you know this girl's like she's 21 whatever she's trying to live her life what if she ran into somebody right because mm-hmm. you're in there mixed with all the people from the hotel that they're there whatever when you see the hotel's uh, rooftop access when they showed it there was like clear evidence that people hang up out there yes like there's cigarette butts there's you know pizza yeah like yeah. so i was like okay so people who live there they probably know I can get to the roof, I can hang out up there, you know, whatever. I was like, what if people swim in these water tanks up on the roof? Wow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if people go like skinny dipping in these tanks? Right. And she got invited right. and she was like, yeah, sure. Like it's a terrible idea, but like right. live a little, right? Mm-hmm. There's no pool at this place. So what if that's a thing people do? And she went in into one of these water tanks mm-hmm. and skinny dipped in there. Yeah that i mean because she was found with no clothes on and so my theory was like well what if of course she's not coerced she's not like murdered and then thrown in the tank right like what if she's in there just like skinny dipping or something right um and of course it's dipping. not safe right it's right. a water the water level goes up and down it changes so if for you to get out safely you have to be able to reach the, the top on the, the top. opening yeah so if the water level changes, you get tired in there. And then you could drown. You could drown. You're not going to be able to get out. No mm-hmm. one's going to be able to get you out. So what if she drowned? Somebody left her there because they're like, oh shit, like, what do I do? I'm not supposed to be here anyway. Right. 
and then they just threw her clothes and they're with her right because she was completely naked yeah yes um because the coroner does mention obviously they ruled it as accidental drowning and one of the things he thought is that she went in had her clothes on and then stripped while she was in there yeah yeah and then he also he also mentions because the water tank level changes she couldn't Mm -hmm. probably reach her way out and so but she wouldn't if if the clothes were pulling her down she would have just taken off her hoodie and maybe her shorts mm-hmm. not, everything. She, not everything she wouldn't have gone naked yeah like a hoodie would definitely weigh you down right but i mean like everything everything like no. even you know underwear like right. that's not gonna make a difference if you're drowning yes it's not gonna yeah. make a, a difference at all and so and that was something that we as we talked about it you finished off the uh the theory and i was just like yeah that makes sense that's kind of what, that's kind of what i was thinking that she went up there on her own or somebody had told her hey skinny dip in the, the like, tank for her to find the perfect way to get up there right and to get to the tank like that just to me tells me like somebody either invited, invited you up her, there or, told, or you, told her hey you can come up there you know hang out right I don't know. People could probably drink, smoke up there. Yeah. It looks like that's what they do. And I'm pretty sure there was somebody out there. Yeah. And they were like, holy shit. You know, they know they're not supposed to be up there. They don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to get kicked out. And they don't want to get caught with this. And so they threw her stuff in there and left. Yeah. And it could be somebody that lived there. It could be somebody that was just staying there. I mean, we don't know. We don't and, know, right. You know, they left and they eventually found her, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. They were long gone, potentially. Because knowing the information that we know about her bipolar disorder and how severe it was because of her parents, you know, giving us this information to the to the LAPD and then us getting it from, from the special of how severe this was, it changes everything. It really changes the way we look at the video. It changes how we see uh, the ruling of her, of her death. And so, you know, my theory was along the same lines that she went up there. And kind of what what Pandora said, or she was depressed because she was off her meds and she went in the tank and then drowned. You know what I mean? Whether it be accidental or not, you know, I don't think there was any foul play. Because one of the things they were like, okay, if this was suicide, you get to the top of the building. Usually, logically, people that commit suicide would be jumping out of a window or off a roof. Because it's fast. Nobody is like, yeah, let me go get into that water tank. Then like you have to like walk along pipes, climb a ladder, move open like a the 20 pound door, right. and then like get into the water and then what, like slowly right. drown. It's a lot of work. That sounds horrible. That. Yeah. I mean, they both sound horrible, but like one sounds very drawn out and difficult. Right. It doesn't feel, it doesn't seem feasible to, you know, pick, drag a body all the way up there. Like how would you even put well, yourself in that ladder? Right. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they mentioned that, right? They mentioned that because a body weighs and on your way up, you would have hit her body. She would have been like banged up somewhere, yes. bruised or cut somewhere. Yeah, because if you're carrying something, I don't know if you ever carried anything up a stairs or something, yeah. you know, TV, you can't. Dude, even uh, TV sucks. Yes. And one of the things you always want to do is you kind of want to just toss something on the floor. If it's like a, I don't know if you ever carried a 50 pound bag of dog food. At the end of the day, whenever you get to the spot where you kind of just want to toss the dog food, right? This 50 pound bag. And, you know, if it's a body and you're the killer, you wouldn't care if you bang the body, you know, if the person's already dead. True. That's right. There's no care at that point. Yeah. Yeah. There's no care for that. And so that's kind of one of the things that they mentioned is like, if that was a thing, if they're carrying a body, they wouldn't have cared of if they banged her up on the way up, you know, if they tossed her body she would have had cuts and bruises along her head and her torso. So, you know, uh, to me, it made sense. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, uh, once we looked at everything with all the information, it just, to me, it just made sense. And a lot of people, even up to this today, even with all this being put out there, they still don't believe it. They still think that, you know, she could have been held at gunpoint and taken all the way out there and told to walk into the tank. So for what? in that situation i'll get in like what's the motive yeah yeah Yeah. she wasn't robbed like her stuff was not you know in her room like it wasn't uh you know messed up or anything Mm -hmm. we know she wasn't assaulted like she wasn't physically hurt you know what i mean what's the motive of doing that to somebody right and they and one of the things they also discuss uh is the hatch Mm -hmm. for the tank is that there was obviously some miscommunication because the maintenance guy said that the hatch was open Mm -hmm. for the tank 
for the door. So that kind of just puts that whole thing of like, oh, well, who closed the hatch? It wasn't closed. It wasn't, it wasn't closed. It was open. Uh, so that it closes that information about that, you know? So I think a, a lot of it, you know, just people are not willing to face what happened. And then the other thing, I mean, I know that people also question the thing about her Tumblr mm-hmm. page being oh, yeah. updated after her death. Well, you can cue stuff to post at a later date. You know what I mean? You can say, hey, can you post this? And four months from now okay there's so you apparently you can do that i mean there's apps that we know of now that do that you know uh for us because some of us still have a regular job and if you have if you're running a company you don't always want to be oh let me post this now or let me post this now from now no you're going to schedule all that and so she probably had stuff scheduled for that to happen even if she wasn't on the computer so, you know, or it was hacked. Or it was, hacked. I, mean, I mean, you know, people were pretty obsessed with her case. Yes, people were really obsessed. And when you see the documentary, you're surprised how obsessed they are. And I was like, wow, people even, there was one guy who even got somebody to go to her gravesite mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. touch the gravesite for him. I was just like, what? It's like, I mean, it's a very like, difficult case you know what i mean and I'm like i it got my attention because i stayed at the hotel but i'm like the level that these people feel it's almost like were y'all related like no like, yeah and the fact that people were so upset that the toxicology took that so long. long and here's the other thing obviously she wasn't murdered i mean they the parents the family sued the hotel for negligence for negligence mm-hmm. Well, not just that, but like, so the hotel, because uh, they have the general manager there interviewed throughout the series, right? right. But like her and uh, I guess other staff saw her acting funny. Oh, yes. And yes. even because initially, right, she stayed at the Cecil Hotel or the Stay Main, whatever it was that she booked uh, with some other girls and like she was right. sharing a room. Mm-hmm. And so they said that they had moved her to her own room because the other girls complained that she was acting funny. Which we talked about in the previous And episode. she was... Yes, that, I know that was mentioned before, but in here they kind of went into more detail. Like she was leaving notes, like actual, like little post-it notes saying like, go away. Leave, get or, out. Like they, one of the girls would try to come back into the room and she wouldn't let them in and she want like a password. She wanted a password, yeah. So she was acting funny. Yes. And then the general manager said that she had come into the lobby, right? And like thrown her hands up in the air and she yelled like, I'm crazy or something like that. Yeah, I'm crazy, but so is LA or something like that. Yeah, right? I'm crazy, but so is LA. And you know what? They were at the Cecil and they didn't even bat an eye. They, <laughs> they were like, like okay. Well, everyone else here is freaking crazy And too. then <laughs> the other thing that they mentioned uh, that sh- they had seen her wandering in the staff area and they told her that she couldn't be here but that she they're saying that one of the things they mentioned is that she looked kind of funny you know just wandering in there and then she was on a live audience show oh in yes and burbank. burbank she had gone they don't to say burbank. what show they don't say what late night show or what no. show um so we're thinking like ellen or jimmy fallon jimmy fallon something or like something that. like that right but i guess she was like you know flipping out there a little bit too. and she wrote she wrote a letter she wrote to a give letter to the while host. there and security was like, uh, and then they escorted her out. Her. Yeah. yeah, she got kicked out. She got she kicked out. So obviously there was something wrong uh, already. Yes, there was something going on. And so the fact that nobody, I mean, just nobody bat an eye because it's fucking LA and people that wander in that stay there are coming from either a mental institution or from prison or jail like or from the street she may have been acting to somebody like at the sea so she didn't even stand out probably yeah. in her behavior exactly from a crazy person from like a sane person guilty by association like ah you're if you're here you're like a- you're one of our residents you know what yeah. i mean like that's kind of what it seems like that True. they yeah kind of were like yeah that's another person and uh they tried i mean the parent of family tried to sue a wrongful death suit but i think that that ended up getting uh dismissed right and yeah because the whole thing was like the hotel didn't take precautions to prevent people from getting up there and like well we do we have a door with an alarm mm-hmm. and they said well what about the fire escape and they're like well, well the fire escape is there in case there's a fire, there's a you need fire. To get we can't off the freaking we, roof you yeah know what I mean? like, you can't block that you really <laughs> no. can't it's it's against the law to block so uh, an exit you, like that you so. can't do both yeah um which i believe now the hotel updated security they have more cameras they added more cameras uh into the ends of the hall so they can see 
what's going on. And they don't want to allow people to uh, be in the area where she stayed now. But like, the, I guess the hotel is closed now. It is closed. It is yeah. closed. Completely. Completely. Might be, I guess somebody bought it and it's going to do something with it. It's become like a historical something, something. I'm like, know. really? You think it's <laughs> worthy of historical um, significance? Yeah. I mean, well, it is, right? Because it was built in the 20s. It was meant to be a bougie hotel for business people. Mm-hmm. And then after the depression, it just went to shit. And then it kept on adding that, you know, more shit on top of shit. Yes. Right. right. You know, wasn't there some guy that said that uh, he lost his job in New York and then he went to the hotel and just stayed there and he stayed at Skid Row for 10 years, right? It was yep. like a black hole. Yeah. There, you, don't, you don't leave, basically. Yeah. I don't know, man. They should allow for companies to update that hotel. Like, I understand... But I think at the end of the day, Ellie has an issue with the homelessness and they need to do something about it Mm -hmm. instead of just fucking letting them live in the streets and not do anything about it. Like they have cops stationed at the street. So the homeless people stay there and they can't go wander off anywhere else well not just that but like so like not on a seasonal hotel subject but like so over there they have public transportation right like subways and stuff like that Mm -hmm. buses well that all only takes you so far like it doesn't run to like beverly hills right no yeah because they don't want people to make it over there that are coming through that kind of transportation right so that's That's, how they keep out that's very that's that's the elite people that's the people who have the money and the power like you're either gonna drive there you're gonna cab it but you're not gonna bust it or subway what's crazy is that people complain and there's celebrities that complain about hey well they need to do something about the homelessness it's kind of partly your fault because you're rich and famous that your city council, your local government has allowed that to happen because nobody does anything. Arnold, when he was the governor, tried to do something about it and he, he was voted against. There's a lot of that that's happened and it's a lot of it comes from the wealthy people and they're not willing to do anything about it. And I think it's it's weird that a lot of these people are they're homeless are facing mental issues and we have here eliza lamb that got so much attention who was also battling an issue or disorder um that needed to be helped and you also now have these people that need help and there's something something has to happen obviously hopefully people saw the netflix series and was able to feel in a way closure right yes some answers yeah some answers right i definitely had a little bit more info than what was probably publicly known yeah. all in one place oh <laughs> you yeah know I mean? for sure i mean i think the netflix series did a pretty good job right breaking it down any other alternative to what happened i think it's pretty close and shut yeah Definitely. I, I agree. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and tune into the next one. And again, go rate us on iTunes, which is where everybody else are, is able to find us. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And we're, I've been recently posting stuff on Instagram, like crazy videos. Not, well, not crazy videos, but like just more paranormal stuff. Again, check that out. And until next time, we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> fine, fine. <Hey. laughs> see you later, alligator. <laughs>